0: Hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today.
1: And Paul, he was desperate to go. He was desperate to address the crowd, but he was convinced, both by his disciples and his friends, the Asiarchs, not to risk his life in the process. But after this uproar, Paul knew it was time to move on. It was time to fulfill the plan to return to Macedonia and southern Greece and then on to Jerusalem to deliver the offering he'd collected for their church from the churches that he'd started. True to form for Paul's life, though, things didn't go exactly as planned. I want to talk about that in a message that we're calling The Response.
0: Welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we look at, evaluate, talk about, discuss, dig deeper into uh, the most recent sermon and the most or the most current sermon series that's happening here at Life Church. Uh, and that's the defining the church uh, sermon series. Today joining me is my very special friend Gary Frost. I say hi, Gary. Hey, how are you doing, Scott? I'm great. Gary, you have to pull up my closer to your face. <laughs> okay. I just wanted a reason to yell at Gary. Gary, I know a lot of people might not know you like I know you. Maybe just tell us a little bit about you.
2: Sure. Actually, uh, Scott, I want to thank you for uh, having me on this. This is really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. And hey, but a little bit about myself. Um, I'm married to one of the greatest gals in the world named Janice. Married here for 38 years. Crazy. Uh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It's crazy. I, I didn't think I was 38 years old until my 61st birthday yesterday. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a son and daughter. They both live in the area. In fact, that's why we are here. Uh, my son lives down in, towards Appleton and my, my daughter lives here over here in, in De Pere. Have four grandsons. They're uh, 11, 8, 6, and one and a half awesome. and uh, just full of energy. Uh, let's see what else. Do they
0: call you Grandpa? Do they call you Poppy? Do they call you Pop Pop? What do they call you?
2: Well, you can't see my beard uh, on the podcast, no. but I just started growing a beard about a year ago, and they call me uh, Grandpa Gary. Or, I'm sorry, Santa Gary. Santa Gary. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Santa Gary, yeah. It absolutely. is a very
0: Santa esque beard.
2: Yeah, well, I appreciate yeah, that. That's good. I'm trying to make it that way. I was going to see if I can get it a little bit longer before Christmas. Yeah. Janice um, and I are both from Maine. Uh, we've uh, moved around quite a bit. Uh, we've lived in six different states since I got out of school, and two states twice. Um, I'm a marine engineer, actually, by education, never really did much marine engineering. It's always been around the paper industry, but uh, gosh, the, I guess the one thing I would say about that, the Lord's given me some great experiences. I'll tell you, honestly, it's all been about uh, people and loving and caring about people. And that's been the coolest thing, uh, being able to travel around. Um, and again, while we're back here, this is the second time we've lived in, in Wisconsin. The first time we lived here from about uh, 2000 to 2008. Really great experience and uh, moved down to Florida, then moved to Georgia and then moved back up here. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. I guess you kind of already heard it. Uh, kind of something that, that about me and I just love the fact that the Lord's given that to me is I love people and I mm. care about people. And that's really when I think about what I do for work, if anybody asks me, it's, it's really about caring about
0: people. Mm. Yeah. So did you grow up in church?
2: Um, yeah, I did. It's interesting. Um, I grew up in church. Uh, there's not a time in my life that I didn't have a belief in God, but I'll be honest with you, COVID has been the greatest thing in my life. Um, for people who don't know, I traveled a lot. I moved back to Wisconsin. When I moved back to Wisconsin, it was uh, to get back to the kids, grandkids, but I knew it was gonna take a traveling position. Um, so I've been on the road. I mean, I, I got a million and a half air miles in about a year and a half with Delta. Uh, But COVID, yeah, it is actually too incredible. I mean, actually, uh, when they start thanking you, when you get back on a plane saying, we hope you start traveling again, you know something's wrong. (laughs) Um, um, You know, so. I'm blind. Grew up in church. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I grew up in church. But, you know, like I said, uh, there wasn't a time that I didn't uh, have a belief, but it wasn't until you know, I, I was saying that COVID-19 was the greatest thing because it's given me time to really spend with the Lord every morning now. I mean, yeah. and it really starts back with uh, Pastor Sean when he started about the first 15. So, you know, about mm, about uh, eight months ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, probably about a year ago, I started the first 15, but then when COVID came, it gave me the opportunity every morning to, to spend at least 15. It was actually more like an hour each morning. And it's been... The most fantastic thing is is, That's is cool. you know just you know and it wasn't probably you know it's, it's probably where I've learned more about what it really means to be a Christian, along with you know pastor and and other good
0: friends. But yeah, yeah. it's really cool. That's awesome. How did you find Life Church?
2: Um, honestly, it really kind of found us. We uh, when we lived here before, we knew this was the the sportsman's warehouse. We lived probably a stone's throw away from. Life Church. We said, Hey, that looks pretty cool. And Mm -hmm. we, uh, um, my wife grew up Catholic, so we kind of experimented in, in most any type of church. And we usually landed where one felt like a family and, you know, for whatever reason, the, the Lord kind of put Life Church in front of us and, uh, almost immediately said, Hey, that's kind of where you feel like a family. Yeah. And so that's how we kind of found Life Church, and have been there, you know, I mean, since we came back to, to Wisconsin and it's been really good. Really I love good. that.
0: I love that. It's been great getting to know you and I'm glad that we're here.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Just <laughs> so, got to get you to return a text every yeah, once in a while. <laughs> I'm the worst text
0: returner. If you're listening, you probably already know that. So anyway, let's um, uh, we're here to talk about uh, the sermon. So let's uh, let's just jump right in uh, to Sean's uh, first soundbite.
1: He didn't want to have a confrontation with them and say something he may regret. He, he may have even thought back to the heated confrontation he'd had all those years before with Barnabas that resulted in a broken relationship.
0: In the discussion guide, we talk about, because um, each week uh, um, we publish a discussion guide because now, you know, with COVID, we've kind of pivoted to the idea of meeting in smaller groups, pocket churches and whatnot. And so, and one of the things that we do in that pocket church is not just watch you know, a service online like it's the Donnie and Marie show. Do you remember the Donnie and Marie show? Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't one of my favorite, but- No. I <laughs> we watched it all the time at my house. And so, um, cause like who didn't have a crush on Marie Osmond? Well, that's true. So anyway, um, So church shouldn't be like a variety show that you watch just to be entertained. It should be something where it helps you dig deeper. And Sean's messages are always provocative in that way. And so uh, to help people connect with that, we publish a discussion guide each week. And so if you're not getting that, um, actually write to me, scott at lifechurchgreenbay.com. And I'll make sure that you get added to the list so that you can get the discussion guide. Because the questions are really great. Even if it's just your family watching the sermon together, there's just so much that we can uncover or dig Uh, deeper into in Sean's message that we wouldn't get if we just kind of walked away. If we just said, okay, I've ticked the box, you know, let's go do something else for the rest of our day. That if you just take 15 or 20 minutes and talk about it, you'll find that you just get so much more out of it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the discussion guide this week, um, we talk about how, um, how in the Bible, it talks about how the hardest thing for us to tame is our tongue, that our tongue is what gets carried away. uh, And when we don't, think things through or feel things through before we say them. We can sometimes say things that are extra hurtful and that you can't take those things back. Once they're out there, they're out there. And so the question of the discussion guy was if you were at a time where, you know, in your faith, you're like, I better not even address this or I better not even talk about this. I'm going to avoid the whole situation altogether so that I don't end up saying something I'm going to regret. You know, and so I feel like that's a, that's a, I'm a person that just speaks whatever's in my head.
2: You know, you know, Scott, I kind of am too. It's kind of interesting. You know, I uh, I don't, and this is going to sound kind of, I don't back down from giving people feedback, but it's interesting, you know, before I do, and I, I'm not perfect at it, but I tell you, one of the things I always think about is what am I trying to accomplish in that conversation? Mm. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to make somebody mad, then I probably step back and say, "Now that's not gonna that's not gonna be any good." You know, if I'm yeah. if I'm trying to trying to accomplish something, then it makes it a lot easier to have a a good conversation. But on a, I guess in a in a kind of a parallel kind of way, you know, there's a lot of times where things just aren't needed to be said, right? I mean, it's yeah. I mean, if it's not going to accomplish what you're trying to trying to get at. You know, I mean, if you don't mind me telling a story, no. and it's not—it has nothing to do with my faith, but it's something that I learned. Oh my gosh, a long time ago, um, and it was in in my business. You know, there was a a, conver- a technical conversation going on in the room, and really good guy. I mean, he came up, didn't have a, a degree, but just as smart as a whip, right? And he's he's having a conversation, and he and he said something that was technically wrong, but didn't matter. Didn't matter a a, a bit. But I corrected him in public. Hmm and it destroyed that relationship because you know I embarrassed him in public and I and I think back on that I'm saying it didn't matter so why even say it right yeah. so when you think about you know like you know what Paul was dealing with is like he could go and just start an argument but what would it accomplish you know I yeah. mean really what would it do
0: right, right. and that and I love that cuz you know going back to your point if if the if the purpose of every conversation if the lens I know these, this is a mixed analogy, but if the lens that we pull through every conversation is one of love and reflecting God's love, then that that eliminates a lot of the things that we have a tendency to say. Yeah. Is this loving? You know, does this show you know, not like I'm in love with you or you have beautiful eyes, not that kind of love? Yeah, absolutely. But will it build somebody up? Will it, you know, will it make them shine, will it make them feel good, will it make them not that you should lie right but you should definitely not just say things you're going to do that are the opposite of that you shouldn't just try to find a place to make fun of or be divisive or you know treat them with any kind of enmity you know what i mean like i just feel like Your story reminded me of a story, uh, back before um, I was a photographer and a pastor, I was in marketing and communications and advertising. And I was making a presentation with my boss at the time at an advertising agency. And so I was feeling the weight of being in an advertising agency because you know they were kind of like the fancier people version of me. I was like an in-house marketing guy. And here's people that were like professional advertisers, right? (laughs) So I was trying to make a good impression on them from the outset. Anyway, my boss got up and was talking about the stigma of, I don't know, print or something like that. But he didn't say stigma of print. He said the stigmata of print, right? And so, and those are two totally little, different things. A little the way Freudian slip there, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I got up and I, and so I said as much. I said, I don't think, I don't think he was meaning to say the stigmata of print as much. He was trying to say the stigma of print. And, like, I embarrassed him, right? And that Monday, I was on probation, because of some kind of work-related thing that wasn't even true, but, like, I I'd embarrassed this guy, right? And uh, it wasn't loving. Like, I was trying to show him that I was better than him. You know, and there's things that we do every day in our conversations where we were trying to show ourselves to be better or we're trying to make ourselves more important, you know? And and sometimes people don't notice, but, like, I don't know, why even give them that chance? Never, ever try to talk about, for me, loving means never really trying to talk about yourself or make yourself look good in any room. If you're good, people are gonna know you're good. And they're gonna think you're better if you can talk well of others before you ever talk about yourself.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And kind of, it's kind of a related, I've got another friend that, uh, I've got at least one or two. Anyway. Yeah, you've got like a thousand <laughs>
0: friends. Everyone loves Gary Frost.
2: You know, yeah, I wish. No. I, to <laughs> kind of embarrass me now. I'm turning red. I think now, but I've got a friend at one time. You know, and in fact, he was a professional friend. And and uh, one of the things he always used to say, "Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be married?" Mm, yeah. And and it's kind of funny when you expand that. When I talk to people about that, it's like you know, you know, if your if your wife comes up to you with a, a brand new set of slacks or dress and say, "Does my butt look big in this?" You'd say, hon, I think you look beautiful," because. You know, gosh darn, the the not telling what may be the truth isn't telling a lie because really, what
0: you want her to know and what she wants to know that she's still beautiful to you, right? That's it, right? Um, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Every morning, practically, my wife asks me, like. Is this okay? Does I do I look right in this? Do the shoes okay? Almost every morning. It is alright to talk about butts, right? Huh? It is, yes. <laughs> and so she she's never asked me for butt looks good, but she she definitely asked me and she knows that I'll tell the truth. Like I'm like, Oh yeah, I mean I love that color on you. Yeah. You know? But like for me to say that she's beautiful in that moment isn't weird to her because they tell her she's beautiful all the time.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what I mean? And
0: nothing, nothing should be weird to you, the people that you love. It should never come out weird that you're complimenting them. Yeah. If, if it would be, be weird, if we're talking just to husbands right now, for you to tell your wife she's beautiful, if that would be like so not you that it would be like raise suspicions, you need to start changing how you talk to your wife. Like it should never be surprising for someone to hear a compliment from
2: you. You know, gosh darn, you know, that, that we're getting way off base here, but it's interesting too, the thing that, that you gotta throw in there, I mean, I've got a friend down in, in Texas that, you know, I was uh, over a, a big power plant down there and my plant manager, um, we were talking about caring about his people that he that work with him. And, and I said, you know, just like Sylvia, your wife, I mean, uh, you tell her you love her every day, right? He looks at me kind of, you know, like sheepishly, and I said, "Roy, you do you do tell Sylvia that you love her, right?" Well, n- no, I don't. I tell hey, you what, Roy, I need you to go practice because you know, I was trying to get him ready for business, right? He Better yeah. business, and he, after about three weeks of prodding him to go tell his, you know, Sylvia that he loved her, he he did. He said, "She said, what did you do wrong?"
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Isn't right. that the thing? Yeah. Yeah. It sh- yeah. It can't be a surprise.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: A lot of dudes will take that. The This is the last thing on this topic before we're getting further off. But like a lot of dudes will make the joke. And it's not as funny as it sounds. They'll make the joke. I told her I loved her on the day we got married. Why do I need to keep telling her? What a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> like, so don't ever say it in front of me because I'll pop you one right in the nose. Yeah. Let's listen to what Sean's got next.
1: So Paul, he responds. He says, I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. But I don't consider myself inferior in any way to these super apostles who teach such things. I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. We've made this clear to you in every possible way. Was I wrong when I humbled myself and honored you by preaching God's good news to you without expecting anything in return? I mean, I robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. And when I was with you and didn't have enough to live on, I didn't become a financial burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia, they brought me all that I needed. I've never been a burden to you and I never will. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows that I do. But I'll continue doing what I've always done and this will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours.
2: Hey, I, I got to start out with a question. And, yeah. And it's going to go back to the beginning of this story. And That's I, and I, okay. And, you know, and, and it was where uh, Paul was um, considering to go challenge the Ephesians about the Artemis idols, right? Right. And then his, his friends convinced him to, to not. I was going to ask you, did that surprise you when he decided not to...
0: It surprised me in the character of Paul because I feel like Paul was like I don't care what you guys exactly say, I'm totally gonna go do this yeah
2: exactly so I, I was thinking about that I'm saying why did he do that and 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 it ties back to me it kind of tied back to the the clip we just heard and it, and and I said wow you know something you know when it came to allowing teachers not to teach he was not gonna put up with that yeah right you know and that that was you know I started, started thinking about it. that was the difference I think that God had to, first thing is God had to be in that decision for. Paul not to go back and right. challenge the Ephesians had to be there. Right. I mean, it talked about his friends, but it had to be God because God still had stuff for Paul to do. Yes. But then I had to you know, say, well, well, why the, you know, why this challenge? And, and it started dawn on me, he, he wasn't going to let teachers teach because those teachers impact so many people. And in the previous, it was more about individuals making bad decisions. Right. Right. I, and so I, I was going to ask you that question and, and, yeah. and you were thinking exactly the same way yeah, I was. For yeah. sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I also love this passage because it points out the fact that, you know, people these days tend to, you know, they'll run into trouble at church. There'll be trouble at church. Like, oh, this deacon, rah, 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 and this priest is rah, rah, the pastor, the youth, rah, 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 and then there'll be all this drama around it, right? And people are like, why can't church just be, you know, and it actually goes back to a conversation you and I just had prior to the show in our pre-show conversation when people were talking about, Where people ask the question about like why does God allow evil or bad things to happen in the world? And it's because, well, he gave man free will. Absolutely. And as long as man has free will, you know, it's in our nature, not our God created nature, but in the nature that we developed as sinners to want to advance our own agenda. To want to empower our own titles and positions, to want to, you know, add to our bank accounts or our treasury—that's that's that's the that's the sinful nature. And so we're going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. And so when I think about these super apostles that that Paul was talking about, those dudes just wanted more followers for themselves because more followers meant more power, more renown, more money, right? Yep. And that's always the problem. And so when you talk about even in today's churches where there's like a problem with the youth guy or this pastor or that priest or this whatever. Right. That's all. If you follow, not necessarily the money, but follow like the power. Right. Because yep. th- that's always what is what's going to is what's going to corrupt people. And corruption isn't always like super sinister corruption. You know, corruption can be just as 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 simple as someone just wanting to make sure that they get all more attention than somebody else.
2: Yeah. And so and,
0: sorry, I'm going to let you. <laughs> just chomping at the bit. And I, I just, I love that Paul points out that, like, we're, this is a first generation church we're talking about. A first generation church that's having a problem with people following, you know, whatever ear ticklers come in, right? So these guys are like evangelists, like visiting evangelists, like tele evangelists, right? That come in with all these super sweet words and this, you know, I don't know, I guess like high prosperity gospel. And like this, you don't, you don't have to listen to Paul anymore. Listen to me. I've got the better news. Yeah. Like, Paul had good news. I got better news. Yeah. Right. And, and Paul's like, you can't, I came and told you the truth. I did it for free. It wasn't about power or money or title for me. It was about telling you the good news. And now you're following these other jokers.
2: Yeah. You know what? There's a couple things about that. That really is kind of interesting. Right. I think, you know, it's human nature to want to be part of something, you know, part of something greater. right? And I think that's one of the things that the the um, we have got to be careful about, right? We we've got to make sure that we're there to give people something greater than what's there. If we're not there, right? So we've got to make sure that that what we provide, we're there to provide. We're there to provide, and what we provide is better than what the Satan has to provide, right? I think that's 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 really key, and and people want to be part of something that wins right I mean we're always looking for winners and losers right yeah and you think about it you know what the Pharisees and and these false teachers I call them false teachers actually were doing is they were they were using that to to get people to want to follow them. he's wrong that means I'm right right right, right. and I think that's you know people play on our our you know when you think about it th- there, there there is no right or no wrong right I mean there is wrong I'm sorry. If we're talking about Bible and Jesus, there's only one right. There's, yeah. there's not, I'm righter than you. And, and I can't be the one that dictates what that right is, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Jesus that dictates what the right is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've always got to think about going back to, you know, I mean, what would Jesus say? What would he do, right? Yeah. What would he think? You know, I mean, that's what really is kind of interesting. You, you know, you think about uh, even some of these teachers and you say, if he was in that position, what would he be doing? He wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He wouldn't be doing that. That's for sure.
0: Hmm. Right now, I can't stop thinking about how you say about. And is it because Maine is so close to Canada that you say it about? No, Do it's because I've lived in Wisconsin for three years. We don't say it like that, though. I've been in Wisconsin well, my whole life. I don't say about. Say well, about the, it one more time. About? No, he now you did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway. I, I care, I'll, I'll pick up. Uh, it's funny. If you'd met me when I lived in Virginia for seven years, you would have thought that I'd lived in, my, in the South. i pick yeah. up accents and, and, right. and, and shed them just I'm as quick. I'm pretty as,
0: sure this about is a, is a Maine about. Because well, Maine's like, you can throw a rock and like, you I, can see Maine from your, or Canada from your backyard.
2: I, I lived you? in Old Town, Maine, for about th- three years. And up there was near St. John, New Brunswick, and that's how they said about. Yeah. So maybe that's where I picked it up right. from. Yeah, Yeah, Good there way. you go. <laughs>
0: My my point was is that don't throw away the baby with the bathwater when it comes to your faith, when it comes to how you practice your religion, when it comes to how you attend church. Like, don't throw the whole thing out because you're mad that the pastor is not wearing a suit. Or don't throw the whole thing out because you don't think that they should be, I don't know, whatever. Like, whatever the thing is, don't get caught up in this idea of, like, sometimes we do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll leave a whole church. Right? All our friends are there. We love our friends there. We love blah, blah, blah. We have connection. We're being fed, which is a Christian way of saying, like, I'm getting good stuff out of the sermons and out of the content that I get from church. But I'm going to leave because I disagree with the fact that the pastor drives or whatever. Or the fact that the priest, right, I don't know, bowls with my other guy's team. or what? We come up with the stupidest reasons to leave a whole church, to leave a whole relationship, yeah. because we're focusing on, like, Small stupid things, and that's—I feel like that's—that's that's been a—it's uh, been a part of the church's problem from the beginning. So it's not just a modern day, you know. You know that's problem.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's—it's it's from the beginning too, because it's—it's it's kind of the, again the the nature of of, of of men, right? I mean, I think you know if we if we what it, what typically in nature, we don't typically think that uh, people are are always trying to do good that they always are interested in things like responsibility and that they care about people. We typically find, try to find that, 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 that um, chink yeah. in the armor. Right. And we don't think about it. Cause I, we don't think about the 80% that's right. Even yeah. if 20% is kind of bad enough. And, and, and then when we do see it, you know, it, gosh, we've got to challenge ourselves to, to challenge it. And sometimes you just don't understand, right. You don't yeah. understand what's going on. So, you know, I, I think, you know, Hey, be honest with you. I think we, my wife and I have left the church one time because of that situation. I look back on it. It's like, you know, gosh, I, I owed the church a little bit more than that, right? Yeah. I should have said, hey, what's going on here, right? And I typically, I think I typically think that way now. If I see something that's that's not quite right, I ask myself, I do it all the time in business and, and I do it more and more in my in my spiritual life is, you know, I believe good in people. I mean, gosh darn, just because you don't return a text to me, Scott. <laughs> that's I, the
0: second time? <laughs> just so you notice he's brought that up just want to make sure i would pointing that out i know you're
2: a good person i know you <laughs> care about me so you know i, I mean honestly when i when, after serious about the third time i didn't get a text what did I,
0: <laughs> third time i don't know if it was the third yeah, time. it was
2: oh, it was it was but you know what did i write back is hey i'm concerned about you cuz yes. cuz i cuz I, I i know who you are i know that you care right, right. you know so that's that's what you got to be thinking about, right?
0: Yeah, I guess it goes back to the point, and hopefully this is the last time we talked about my text <laughs> <laughs> protocols. But it, like, I feel like if we could always just assume the best of people rather than the worst of people, I feel like life is a lot easier. Because sometimes if I assume the worst of people, I'll create a narrative in my mind, a story as to why— Scott's not responding you know what I mean like if I I, even though I'm concerned but if I I allow myself to assume the worst of Scott then I'm like oh so he's too good for me then huh oh he's all of a sudden this la la and I do that all the time I'll I'll write a narrative I'll assume the worst I mean I used to do it all the time I try not to do it anymore like I'm just gonna assume the best of people you know, and so I feel like that's part of that's part of this walk or the way or the Jesus journey that we're on is like it's hard. It goes, it's it's counterintuitive to us to assume the worst. Nope, it's counterintuitive for us to assume the best. It's more intuitive for us to assume the worst. We always try to protect ourselves. Well, if this is happening, this is what must be what's coming. I should prepare for that for when this bad thing happens. And so. When it comes to people, part of this thing that where Jesus told us very specifically, the one thing I need you to do before you leave, right, is love other people, right? Absolutely. And so that's assuming the best of them.
2: You know, and, you know, I talked about COVID, and I tell you, honestly, that was one of the things that, you know, as you, as they start doing more and more devotionals, you get that so deeply that, you know, that being a Christian really, it's the, it's the great commandment, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's love, you know, love one another, right? I mean, that's what comes out of it. And if you love one another, then you don't automatically think the worst of them, right? Yep. And that, none of us are good at it, but all we can try to be is better at it, right? That's it. You know, I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I, honestly, I pray for quite a bit. Even in, in business, you know, I, I think about, you know, what I used to pray every morning, quite honestly, before I'd start my day, it's, you know, it was really, it was kind of Solomon's prayer, you know, Lord, give me the the wisdom to love my people, care about my people, right? I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: that's good.
1: And these super apostles, they abused their position and power and prided themselves in lording over people, which is the antithesis of what spiritual leadership should look like. The qualifications of a spiritual leader are not the same as the qualifications of worldly leaders. I mean, according to worldly standards, Paul had every right to lord over his people, but he chose not to.
0: I love here where Sean talks about there's a difference between spiritual leaders and worldly leaders and what we should expect or what we could expect from them. And so I wonder if it's like all squares are rectangles, but not all squares. No, all...
2: Rectangles are circles and... No, 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 they're
0: not circles. (laughs) You should know this. You're like a... Marine engineer. Yeah, we don't- All (laughs) rectangles are squares, but not all squares are rectangles. It's one of those two ways. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the definition of a square is to be square, but the definition of a rectangle is to have equal angles on every corner, right? Yeah. So all rectang- Nope. All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Yes. All spiritual leaders- should hold themselves true both to their spiritual requirements or the the properties of being a good spiritual, leader and to be a good worldly leader, right? Like worldly leaders don't have to worry about as much, right? They don't have to worry about morality and ethics and and the benefit of the of the of the of the overall good. Right. A worldly leader just has to worry about, like, I just need to get elected next time. Or I just need to make sure that this young guy that's coming up beneath me doesn't overthrow me.
2: But don't you think they should?
0: They totally should. Right. They totally should. So if you're a spiritual person, if you're a Christian person, if you're a Jesus person, then 100 percent, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, when I think about spiritual leaders, I think about pastors. right? Yeah, pastors yeah. have a different set of, you know, have a different set of rules that they have to live by as opposed to a CEO. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's like the worldly view, right? I mean, it, I, I it, when I when I looked at that 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 question, or the, even listened to that passage, I'm thinking, or actually, when when Sean was talking about that, that we hold or need to hold spiritual leaders to a higher standard. I'm going, gosh darn, you know, just I, I want to see that there is not a difference there, because you, know, you think about the the moralities and you know the. People in uh, in business should care about their people just like a pastor does his his, mm-hmm. his congregation, right? Seriously, and I mean, so I, I actually I, I don't I think about it. There, there should be no difference there, and we should be teaching the world that there should be no difference there. Unfortunately, it's not right. I right. mean, it's you know it's okay to to think about uh, personal gain and 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 wealth, and it's kind of you know not this. I'm not going to flip on to the next. I'm I'm excited about talking about the the next passage, but it really is you know interesting that we allow ourselves to think it it's okay for world leaders to have a different set of standards. Right. And think about what the world would be if they didn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, it,
0: you yeah. Know, I mean, 100%.
2: You know, I think you think about going to work and, and knowing that uh, your boss or your coworkers thinking about how they could do something different today sh- to show that you loved them or yeah. they loved you. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I just feel like I feel like when it comes to like being on the Jesus journey, we've got to start with us. I can't be concerned with what kind of manager you are. I can't be concerned with what kind of CEO my boss is. I can't be concerned, frankly, about what kind of man my president is. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to change the world by extolling or condemning the virtues of my president. I'm going to change the world by being kind to you. I'm going to change the world by being kind to my neighbor. I'm going to change the world. That's going to change the world. I'm not going to change the world by posting something on Facebook or putting a sticker on my car that calls someone that doesn't believe like me an idiot or someone that wants to vote differently than me, a moron. Like, I'm not going to change the world by doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to change the world by making a difference in someone's life. Yeah. You know, like.
2: One at a time.
0: One at a time. It's onesies and Tuesdays, not Tuesdays, onesies and twosies, right? Like that's, that's it. We want to do it. Like we're as Americans, I feel like, you know, we're the, we're the country of, of Henry Ford, right? Listen, if I can make one of these, how can I make it so I can make a hundred of these at a time, right? So we try to sometimes treat our faith the same way. If I can convert help to convert. If I can introduce someone to Jesus one at a time, how can I build a system where I can do a hundred of these at a time or a thousand of these at a time or 10,000? And listen, I don't think it's like that.
2: You know, and it wasn't, you know, it's funny. It wasn't, you know, uh, this, this series that I was thinking about. It was actually, I was down in in Atlanta and, and, oh, and I, I hate to even talk about this because it's part of, you know, it, 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 I don't want people to ever think that I'm doing this, or even talking about it because it's something to you know to lift my you know worth up right. But when I was going to go down to Atlanta, it was right down downtown Atlanta. There's an awful lot of homeless people there, yeah. and you know I didn't know what I could do right. And but it was interesting. One time I was I walked past this this storefront, and there was a there was a gentleman in the storefront. He was just kind of hold up, didn't have a pillow or anything like that, but he was just holed up. And I, I wa- literally walked about a half a mile away from him, and I said I have got to go do something. I went back and. And and I, I, I put some money in my hand and and I reached out to him and, and he said, oh, what? He was scared. And yeah. I said, no, 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 no. It looked like you could use this, and 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 he could. But really, where the story was going there is, I was talking to one of my my uh, coworkers. Actually, he worked for me for a while. And and one time we were out walking, and, and I just got into a habit of, of doing that. You know, I mean, I in fact I used to have. Some money in my wallet just to do that, just yes, because yeah, yeah. And he said, "Why are you doing that? I said, "You know, I can't. I, you know." And I was telling him, "I said, I know that I can't fix Atlanta by doing this, but if I have the chance to change one person, then, then I started thinking about it. If that one person that I've changed helped change one person a week, there's 50. And just think about those 50. That that person changed." It it, it it multiplies so quickly that it becomes a lot easier to do things like that. You know, just yeah. just pick one person and, and be good, right?
0: Yes, for sure. Uh, yesterday uh, was my dad's funeral. Uh, and my brother got up and told a story. And uh, um, it was the Starfish story. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. So a man's, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, anyway, it's a story. The man's walking a beach, right? And somehow overnight, like all these starfish, right, got marooned on the beach, right? Thousands of starfish, as far as you could see, starfish, 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 right? And then off in the distance, he sees this little kid, right? And his little kid is like rummaging in the sand and throwing and rummaging in the sand and throwing. So he walks up to the kid and he finds out that the kid is picking up, you know, a starfish and throwing them back into the ocean. And he's like, dude. You know, there's there's a bajillion starfish here. How are you ever gonna make a difference, you know, with all these starfish? Exactly. And so the guy looks at the the kid looks at the guy, throws the starfish in, makes a difference to that guy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So one starfish, right? So yeah, yeah maybe you can't rescue everybody, right? But you can rescue one. Absolutely. And then if that becomes a habit, now you're rescuing two. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, that's the kind of good we should be. Can I be good to everybody? Probably not. I don't have the capacity or the bandwidth, and sometimes not even the goodness in me. But I for sure should be focusing on it to try to do
1: it at least one at a time. Absolutely. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, he understood how the hierarchy of leadership works in God's kingdom. That the last shall be first and the first shall be last. That the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others. That true leadership comes through humility. And that humility comes from the fact that we know we are not the source. That even though the world tells us to celebrate and elevate ourselves, God tells us to humble ourselves. But that if we'll humble ourselves, He will lift us up.
0: Uh, last night at uh, LC downtown. Um, for those who don't know, uh, we actually meet in person downtown every Sunday night at six o'clock um, at Gather on Broadway here in Green Bay. That's at one thirty-nine North Broadway Street. It's a beautiful venue exposed brick festival lighting that whole super cool downtown vibe anyway we get together and gather makes us a meal and we eat a meal together last night it was enchiladas oh that sounds good uh and then um beautiful enchiladas like they were man she's so good at that anyway and then we watched sean's message and then we sit around our tables and we talk about sean's message every week this is what happens every week at six o'clock we have a meal it's free We watch the message and we talk about it. It's been fantastic. Uh, So you're always welcome, 6 o'clock on Sundays, to come down there. But, um, in fact, you as well can come (laughs) down there. Anyway, um, as we were there talking about this uh, very topic last night, we were talking about how Jesus was totally, you know, like the king of the upside down. Not the upside down uh, from uh, the the movie Stranger Things. uh, but But, like, he was, like, everything was upside down for him. From the very, from the get- he was upside down, right? Like he was born to this lady. She's kind of in this weird marriage. that like She shouldn't be married because it wasn't the dad of the baby she was carrying. Right. And they were, they weren't like, it wasn't the king and queen of Mesopotamia. Right. It was just like this, just some dude, just Absolutely. some chick, you yeah. know? And then they, he's born not in like a palace or a temple or a, you know, gilded room, but he's born like in a barn. <sighs> he lives an unheralded life. Even when he's teaching, even when he's in ministry, he's not teaching, you know, to a bajillion people in an auditorium in the Greek Acropolis, right? He's teaching on hillsides and on, you know, shepherds' mountains and you know along a beach. You know what I mean? Like it's just, everything was upside down for him, everything. And even in the end, right? Like when he was like, when he, uh, when the end is coming, and it's after the, the Last Supper, and he's in the garden with his, um, with his dudes, and like the. The police from the temple come, like the the temple police come and to arrest him. Not the Roman guards, right? The temple police, the church police come to arrest Jesus. And even then, they think, okay, it's on. Like his apostles are like, well, we'll fight now, right? And uh, Jesus says, no, put away your sword, man. That's not how we're doing this. Everything's been upside down for him. How to lead has been upside down. How to win has been upside down. And I love that about Jesus
2: you know it's it's interesting as you know as I was saying about it Scott you know I was thinking about you know is it is it because what we value or being taught to value that we look at it that way right so you know i think about you know jesus and 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 so if if you if you like that shirt that person's wearing then then you start to try to make money and and we look up to people that make money and and we think that those are the people that oh they they're the ones that have made it right but when you think about Jesus, Jesus made it because he did what the father asked, right? He loved people. I mean, but we don't honestly, how many, how many, how many people think about judging people's worth by how much they've loved other people? I mean, some of it, I mean, some do. I mean, right. I mean, um, when we think about mother Teresa, we think, oh man, geez, that, she was really successful. But I, want, I, I wonder how many people really think she was successful or just a good person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or right. or is being a good person mean being a success.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I started thinking about it, you know, it's it's almost like w- before we, we started the, the podcast, you know, we were I was talking about, you know, the you know that that really we're all kind of in a vessel, right? And what's in the vessel is our spirit. And are we are we measuring the 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 vessel or are we measuring the spirit? I mean if you measure the spirit then you start thinking about things like, you know, is that person a, a loving person, a caring person? Yep.
0: Right? And yeah, that, for sure. In three of the Gospels, Jesus uh, has an interaction with the rich young ruler. We don't know a lot about him, but we know that he's very intrigued by Jesus' way. Like, he admires Jesus' way and what Jesus has to say and, like, the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about. He's like, I want in on that. So here's this. If he's a rich young ruler, you can just imagine him, right? Like, he's, you know, wealthy. He's influential, right? He's got a million people following him on Instagram or whatever. Like He's like that guy. But he wants some of what Jesus had. Stuff that Jesus didn't, like, Jesus doesn't have that stuff on the Instagram, right? And so he says, what can I, how do I get what you have? How do I inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus doesn't say, well, you got to make more money or you have to, you know, buy more things or you have to have a bigger something. Jesus says, oh yeah, you just got to go get rid of everything you've got. Go get rid of all that. Not because we're not supposed to have things, but he knew that that was the obstacle between that guy and the kingdom of God. That his obstacle was everything that he had. And so he said, you got to go get rid of that stuff and just not have it. Yeah, yeah. So each of us have our thing. We're not all rich and rulers, but we all have these things that we're gripping onto with this iron grip that we don't want to give up. And God said, you to get into the kingdom of God. This is what you got to give up. And some of us, it's money. A lot of us, it's probably money. Right. Yeah. But some of it is like trying to like, like you had said, put ourselves higher, get ourselves higher, be more successful. Like some of us, some of us have to abandon that. Yeah. Right. To like pursue being good to other people because being good to other people doesn't cost a red cent. To be good. Sometimes when you're rich or when you're wealthy, it's easier to give to people when you're rich. But like, are you really?
2: You know, Scott. I think you know it's kind of interesting you bring that up. I think you know it's because it's hard for us to to have two different natures, right? And it's so easy if you. Well, it goes back to you know we don't we wouldn't say that we worship money, right? But you know, if you are only focused on making money, then you're kind of worshiping it, right? Yeah. And and it is it is difficult to have two different natures. I think about you know when we, when when I was thinking about this this part of the the story, you know, I think about uh, one person I did meet that and I don't know if it's a plug for the gentleman or not, but he's actually no longer with us. But the owner of, of Chick Fil A, right? Yeah, True a Cafe. I mean. I had the opportunity to go to uh, their headquarters so about four or five years ago. It was the coolest thing in the world. Coolest thing in the world. I mean, I wish I could have worked there. I mean, I seriously, yeah. I would have. If I had the opportunity, I would have gone and worked there. And why is that? So we walk into their office building, and I'm talking to Truett Caffey's, uh administrative assistant. And you walk into the building, and it's kind of a uh, um, an open area, you know, like a like a square. Of, yeah, with an open area right yeah, in the center, yeah. what, atrium in yes. the middle, and all along the inside of the atrium, there's there's all sorts of passages from the Bible. I'm going, this is cool, and and it's interesting. I think a lot of people would, would recognize that what I'm saying here. Is you know, I, I said, gosh, how can you how can you have those on a wall? In our business, we're not allowed to yeah to display that. And she said, and and, our, and I and I told her, said the lawyers in our company wouldn't allow us to display it. And she said, well, in our company, that's what we have lawyers for. And I thought that was the coolest thing because yeah. true you know, I mean, he, I think he, what I knew about him, he had the ability to understand that, you know, that, you know, money was only a way to allow him to do other things for people. I mean, it was, he had a, a place in his basement where his uh, employees could go in and do a devotional every day. it's like really cool. So you could tell it, here's a guy that was extremely successful, but he also knew what was important. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I love that. I found that. Like, I, I feel like I always root for companies or athletes or whatever, like public figures that I know are, that believe the things that I believe. And so I, I probably don't, I probably like look at them with a skewed mind. Yeah, absolutely. But when I think about those things, right, like I think about for sure Chick fil A, right? And I think for sure about Chick fil A not being open on Sundays, yeah. right? Which makes people that don't believe like we do really mad at Chick fil A. Like, I really want my sausage biscuit or my chicken biscuit this morning, but I can't because it's Sunday. But like, but then I also think of like In-N-Out, which is my favorite burger place. It's out west and down south. If you've not heard of In-N-Out, you're not living life <laughs> uh, to the fullest. But I love that on the bottom of every In-N-Out cup is John 316, I love that, That's a, you know what I mean? And like she can do that, because after the founders had passed, now the granddaughter's running it, she's just like this you know, just great person. And if you ask the people that work at Chick-fil-A, and if you ask the people that work at In-N-Out, if you say, is it a good place to work? Like I'm sure there's people that have had weird circumstances, but like I feel like the overall majority is like, yes, it's a great place to work. They always treat us right. They always pay us right. They always treat us fairly. Blah blah blah. And I love that testimony, you know, to like being a Christian joint. Well,
2: you made me want to go find one of those now. It's kind of cool. An In and out. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Have you never had an In and Out? I've never. Yes, I, this podcast is over. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It turns out I'm not even friends with Gary anymore. <laughs> What the dickens. Because you walk into an in and out and there's like four things on the menu and you're like, okay, I guess can I have a hamburger and a fry, I guess. <laughs> and then you're like, this isn't a, this is just a hamburger and a fry, which is stupid because it's not just a hamburger fry. It's fresh meat, right? It's fresh fries. They cut the potatoes right there, just before they cool. make them. But the key to in and out is that the the whole thing is the secret menu. The whole thing is a secret menu. That you could that you that you get to pick how you so like I, like, Animal style is something there. It's not on the menu. There's no animal style on the menu, but you can order your stuff animal style, which means that it's covered with cheese, like these caramelized fried onions and Thousand Island dressing. Like, oh, come on. So like I, you can get your fries, you order your fries light. I like my fries light, meaning like they're a little bit undercooked so they're soggy, which is what I love. Animal style, right? So there's this kind of this like mash. Oh my God, it's so good. And, <laughs> and then I get a double double Right, which is a double hamburger, double cheese, right? So it's a double double, but I get that animal style as well. But I get it protein style, meaning there's no bun, they just put it in a lettuce wrap. And so you get this like animal style burger. Oh my God, it's so good! Boy, it does sound good. I'm hungry now. Oh, it is so good. That's why I like going to Arizona because Arizona has like all the things. Because in Phoenix, where we have alpha. Which, by the way, you can always join Alpha. There's a current Alpha meeting on Monday nights uh, at 6 o'clock at the Exchange in Depear. You're certainly welcome to join us there. Anyway, every year the Alpha conference is in Phoenix. And in Phoenix, there's all the things, so there's In and Out. For sure. But then there's also Waffle House. And I don't even eat the waffles at Waffle House. I just get the hash browns and I get them double covered, double capped, which means that you get them like with double cheese and double mushrooms on top. Oh, and a side of bacon. That's amazing. But then there's also Jack in the Box there. And I don't even eat the burgers at Jack in the Box, but I really love the egg rolls from Jack in the Box. So I get there. there. And of course, chick fil A's there. They're all there. Like, why doesn't everyone just live in Phoenix? Because it's so hot. That's why they don't live in Phoenix.
2: You should start becoming a food reviewer. I should. (laughs) Let's listen to the last
0: one. Anyway, the first should be last, last should be first. Stop trying to be the most important. Try to be the least important and find out just how important you turn out to be.
1: Maybe you don't have any extra money. So what if you just blessed them with your words? What if while they served you, you looked them in the eye and said, thank you. I appreciate you. You're valuable. My life wouldn't be the same without you. It may sound small, but all I'm saying is, if that was your response to them, what do you think their response would be to you? But better yet, if that was your response to them, what do you think their response would be to Jesus? I bet you want to find out now, don't you? I, I mean, I really like. I mean, I really like that because
2: I mean that's something that really is 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 you know, honestly is really important to me and, and deep in my heart. Every time I go to a restaurant, I try to find out the server's name. That's another another trick, right? Not a, it's not a trick, but you think about it. One of the most important things to is your name. So if you address the your server by name and thank them by name, it's it's a you get a, a huge smile, right? And yes. P- particularly if they understand, you know, your nature and I mean, what better message can you send if they they know who you are, right? And yep. they They understand your nature.
0: Yeah, I love so. Not quite to the extent of Chick Fil A and uh, In N Out Burger, but I have my own business as well, right? And I, I'm I I'm not apologetic, or I'm not. I never try to hide my faith. I never ever like. I'll only do this wedding if you're a Jesus person, or I'll never like. It's not like that, you know. But people know, right? Scotty's been a Jesus guy, but they also know, or I hope they see, that I'm genuine and kind. And, and giving and charitable, not charitable again, like I'm giving to the Salvation Army, but I'm just, I'm always trying to give, right? And I'm trying to like, I want to serve you, right? So now if I can let them do the math, Jesus guy, super nice, huh? I bet there's something to that. Like, I feel like that's my, some people were made to be evangelists, right? Some people were made to go out and like, you know, go up to someone and say, You're made to be a hugger. I'm made to be a hugger. (laughs) It's true, right? I want people to do the math. Yeah. Right. Super nice guy. Like I've been watching the show on Apple TV. I'm a show person. Like I really like that's my, like my escape. Like if I just need to shut off my head for a second, I'll make something to eat and sit down and watch the show. Anyway, so there's a show on Apple TV right now called Ted Lasso. And so it's Jason Sudeikis. And no one else can't help you there. (laughs) Anyway, he plays this guy that was like a college coach at Oklahoma football. Right. And he gets hired by like a major league soccer team in England, which doesn't make any sense because what does he even know about soccer? Right. And so Ted Lasso is this character that's like so effusively good, so effusively kind. So like you're waiting for him to be stupid. He's so good that you want him to you expect him to be stupid. You know what I mean? Like he's that simple about how charitable he is. And so I'm just wrapping up this season. It's so good. If you're not watching, you should totally watch it if you've got the Apple TV. But anyway, today I posted it on the Facebook. I was like, in another universe, in a parallel universe, me and Ted Lasso are BFFs. And this one lady, a client of mine, a photography client, says, what are you talking about? You are Ted Lasso. You're the nicest person I've ever met. Well, that's cool. Right? And like, I love that reputation. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, right? I'm just trying to say that she knows that I'm a person of faith. She knows that I follow Jesus and she knows that I'm the nicest person she thinks that I've ever met that she's ever met. And so like, I want people to do that math. I want people to understand that Christians aren't people with picket signs or aren't people with stupid bumper stickers or aren't people with, you know, that they're people who are kind and charitable or, and regardless of who you are or judgmental or judgmental. Right. right. I was just about to say that regardless of who you are or what you're doing or who you love or who you hug, I'm loving you. Yeah. Right. And I, and I'm not saying that's not saying that I'm that I. Uh, what's it? I'm not affirming of things that go against the Bible. Please don't hear me say that. I'm loving them until they care what the Bible is, though, right? So if they don't care what the Bible is, I'm loving them. When they start caring about what the Bible says and what it is, now I've, now we've got a thing. Let's work that through together. But I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm going to help you walk through it. Absolutely. Anyway, so when I think about this thing about just like being kind. We kind of talked about like saying good words. Why can't you just say good words? You know, say good words every time you have a chance to say good words. If you notice something about someone, dude, I really like that shirt. Dude, I think your skin is fantastic. Dude, like make it not weird to be kind. And,
2: and, you know, interesting too, not, and don't feel bad about it. Cause you know, if it's coming from your heart, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, but it is kind of interesting. I mean, cause if someone has a nice smile, I mean, if it's a lady that has a nice mind, a lot of people think you're doing something wrong, right? Yeah. But if it's coming from your heart and you're doing it for the right reasons because you want that person to feel okay, then then that's exactly the right reason to do yeah. it, right? I do
0: that all the time. As a photographer, right. I notice these things more than probably other people do. Like I'm just like, because I'm always evaluating people and whether I would take their picture or what the picture would look like. And so I'll just notice stuff about people. And so then I'll catch myself saying it, but then I'll always back up and say, listen, I'm not trying to pick you up or be weird. I just need you to know that your skin is flawless. Yeah, You know what I mean? Or like your eyes or like your smile or you're like, thanks for like, the like you didn't have to do that. Or then, and then just, just want to end, with charitable words, do charitable things. If someone drops something, why would you not pick that up? Right? Or if someone needs something and you have the ability to fulfill that need, why would you not do that? Right now, I'm kind of feeling like I'm, I don't think she listens, so it's not a problem, but I kind of feel like I'm <laughs> fighting with my sister right now. I've got four, but the one that's closest to me is my is my sister, Lori. And uh, lately, we're in the string where, like, I ask her for stuff. She's like, yeah, I can't do that for you right now. Right? Like, I can't. Yeah, I just can't. Right? But, like, I, like, I thought when she got. Uh, When COVID hit, she works at a big local cheese place. If you're from Green Bay, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And so they made her stay home, but they didn't, like, provide for her, like, office equipment, right? Like, she, like, you know, she's, all right, figure it out. Stay home and work, right? So I found out that she was sitting, like, in, like, just a chair, like a chair chair, like a four-legged hard chair, eight hours a day, right? In her front window at a folding table, you know, that you get at Costco, (laughs) And I'm like, why would I not buy my sister an ergonomically friendly chair right? that she could sit in? Like, I've got the means to do that, why would I not do that? Why do my sisters and my other brother, why are they not helping my sister Lori do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm always trying to figure out how I can help my sister. So today she wrote, she says, hey, I'm looking to buy this one thing and you know the internet and I don't know the internet, but I wanted to say, listen, I've asked you for five things in the last two months, you keep telling me no, right? But I've got the means and the capacity and the bandwidth and more than anything, The heart to help her, right? So I'm not going to take into account what she's not done for me or how much she's done for me. You can't keep books. You can't keep an account of favors that are owed to you or that you owe others that you should just give freely. There's a, there's a, you have the free world supply of favors. Even if they don't cost money, you can still do good. You have the free world supply of good. Why would you ever hold back good? You know what I mean? Why would you not just spill it on everybody, splash it on everybody, pour it? On everybody, and I feel like that's what Jesus wanted to do. That's what loving our neighbors looks like. I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's interesting. Interesting too. I mean, you think about it being a teacher, right? If we, and I'm not a teacher. I mean, that's not what I'm trying to say. But thinking about being a teacher, you know, what we don't do sometimes is more impactful and detrimental than what we do do, right? So, if if you take the opportunity to to do something nice, and people people are going to see you do it, right? then it, it's just, you know, people aren't ready for the message until they're ready for the message. But when they are ready for the message and they see that you do that, yes. it can impact them. And again, yes. it goes back to, you know, impacting one person at a time. You know, it's not like you have to change the world, but it's so cool. I mean, I mean, I thought it was really cool when Pastor... Talked about that, you know. Just say a good word. Absolutely, that's all it takes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, Yeah, for right? Sure. Yeah. And and sometimes you can just tell it change that person's day. And right, what what good thing might they do because of you've changed their day, right?
0: Right, or not bad thing, or you not know, bad thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like like everyone's got struggles, right? And everyone like deals with their struggles in a different way. And like you know, if they were going to go home and be sad. What if you stop that? Are they going to to go home and be mad? What if you stop that?
2: Yes, absolutely. You know what I
0: mean? And so like, you never know how, even though you feel like it's a small thing, it's a drop in the bucket, you never know how far reaching the ripples of that drop can reach in that person's life. And so it's worth a gamble. If it costs you nothing to invest that, why would you not?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's good.
0: Good job. Okay, that's it. We're done.
2: Hey. Enjoyed it. Did you um, enjoy it? Yeah, I absolutely did. Thanks for inviting you.
0: me. Maybe you can come back again.
2: Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun.
2: Hey, sounds good. So
0: anyway, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast or if you found stuff that was talked about here that you thought someone could benefit from hearing those words, please share this podcast with your family and friends. Also, if you'd like to, you can always subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, if, you know, these these podcasts are something that we've done in the pivot out of COVID because we weren't able to meet in person. And so, uh, we've, we started producing a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of good ones out there. Um, cheery Conversations and uh, stuff with Pastor Sonny, stuff with Pastor Sean, Sean's Messages, At Home with the Hennessys, especially the whole podcast. I love the whole podcast. If you're not listening to that, go find that because that's incredible. Pastor Becky is some kind of uh, brilliant when it comes to trying to figure out how to get through life. And so anyway, if you like our podcast, you're always welcome to help support that by visiting lifechurchgreenbay.com slash podcast. And on there you'll, or no, Sorry, scratch that. LifeChurchGreenBay.com slash give. And uh, you can give specifically to our podcast. Anyway, this was it. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait for you to visit with us next time.